Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. Al-Kaled Magazine reports that blind Iraqi refugee Qusay Hussein has beat the odds and is about to earn his undergraduate degree from the University of Texas at Austin. Just how did Qusay beat these odds? Well, he's here to tell us. Hi, Qusay. Hello, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. How about you? I'm doing very well today. So tell us about yourself and how you became blind. I understand you have quite a story. Yes. So my name is Hussein Hussein. Uh, I became blind in 2006 uh, through a suicide bomb in Iraq. We were playing volleyball match. And one uh, driver, he drove to the stadium and he blew himself. He killed oh. 16 people and 56 got injured. Oh, my goodness. That was a big explosion. Um, it is. I understand, though, that you're graduating from the University of Texas at Austin. You've got a double major in both psychology and social work. How did you speak out to immigrate and come here to the U.S., go to college, and just study these two fields? Yes, actually, uh, yeah, because I got my injury uh, before I finished my high school in Iraq. So when I came here, I don't speak English. Um, you know, just a few words. And uh, like I started taking ESL and take my GED and I got the highest second score in the region. And I continued with uh, Austin Community College and transferred to the University of Texas. So I got accepted first to the major of psychology. And I find out that like, um, there are something I can do as well beside the psychology. So I got to the School of Social Work, which is very amazing as well. And I wanted to help a uh, vulnerable population, to be honest, because when I came here, I saw like how those people need, like I'm personally experienced, like I need somebody to help me to navigate the system in the U.S. or, you know, show me trans how can I catch transportation, or, you know, how to go to the shopping center. So that encouraged me to go and help other people. So you learn how to use those buses. You learn English. You um, went to community college and you got into a University of Texas at Austin. Um, why did yes. you decide to study social work and psychology? Why not well, um, other fields? Ahead, well, because when I was like a... Before like finishing high school, my goal was to become plastic surgeon. And I thought like this way I could help many people on the way. But after I lost my vision, I find those two degrees, the most it could help people. Like both of them, they could touch people, like they could, uh, uh, you could serve people in many ways. So my goal, not to be honest, just make making money, but my goal to, I put a priority to help people more than, making money yeah it might be a little hard to do plastic surgery blind i can see that um you became a client of refugee services of texas what what yes. does this organization do how did they help you get your education 
Well, they uh, they just helped me when I got settled for three months, and after that, uh, basically, I started on my own with the help of American friends who are helped me to understand the system and start navigate. Uh, but the refugee of uh, Texas, they don't help you to get your education. They just help you to get settled here for three months, like find your first apartment, and they pay the rent for you three months. And after that, everything started on your own. So UT of Austin paid your rent for three months, and then you had to pay the rest of it yourself during your time yeah. there. Just to correction, this is the Refugee Service of Texas, not UT. Oh, oh no, it is Refugee Service of Texas. Okay, okay, got it. Yes, yeah. Now, let's talk about the time before you came to America. You, you did talk about the explosion. You were at a Doctors Without Borders hospital for three years, and your face was put back together. How did the doctors do that? Well, uh, actually, uh, if we go back, Mr. Brian, uh, uh, before, before of that, I was got treated with American soldiers in Iraq. So they, they put my face together before I came to the, to the doctor without borders. And doctor without borders, there's a lot of surgeries uh, just to fix more because so far I'm talking to you, I have 62 surgery. Uh, it's, not, um, it's not like easy, like just easy surgeries. Like the minimum surgery took time like three hours. This is the smallest one. Um, so doctor without borders, American soldiers, and then of course, the doctor here in Austin, Texas, as well, they uh, operate on my face. I see what you're saying and, and how they did those surgeries on you. Yes, this is the so long process and it's also some of them very complex surgeries. Okay, got it. Wow, I see. So you want to continue with your education. You want to go on for your master's and then go on to that dream PhD in psychology. What's you inspiring you to continue to just go on and continue with your education? And what would you do with a PhD in psychology? Well, uh, yes. So I got accepted to the master at School of Social Work, uh, which starts in June. And yes, I want to get my PhD, of course, like in psychology or at School of Social Work. Um, those of them, my interest to get my PhD. And because I want to not just help people here in the U.S., I want to be a go behind of that. I want to go to back to Middle East. Uh, I want to create organizations because there, unfortunately, people with disability in some countries, huh, not all countries, uh, very hard time living there. So I want to create organizations. I want to create programs to help those people as well. Um, so the reason why this is encouraging me to get PhD, because when I got my injured, I saw that like two years, I didn't see any social worker or psychologist or any people, the only people who took care of me, my family. Mm, right. Um, so, so you do want to become a professor. That, that would be great. Do you think you would teach at your, the school where you are now, or would you go somewhere else? <laughs> Uh, this is a very good question as for future. I don't know, to be honest, in this question, but whatever school um, will accept me or I will teach at, uh, definitely I'm going to, my goal to make a difference in this school in many ways.
I guess, yeah, I guess the place to teach is a little bit early, but hey, those are very good goals. When you're in class, okay, um, do you have, does your university have a disabled student services that you use? And do they give you large print, uh, braille, or, and do you get special note takers to take your notes? Uh, yes, well, I don't get a special note taker, or, or I don't, don't get a braille, or I don't get like a large print. Uh, I got accessible material on my computer, uh, you know, like digital files, like Word documents. Uh, but yes, we have uh, office and they are very, uh, in my opinion, they are very good um, by helping people. And um, yes, they've been, uh, to be honest, they've been accommodate, like, you know, every every semester I just reach to them and get that my letter uh, and send it to my professor. But overall, actually, uh, I could, if you allow me to say here something, uh, Mr. Brian, it, it depends on the student and the relationship of the professor. Uh, so far, like uh, four years, I didn't have any issue to reach to them and ask them to advocate for me. Uh, everything uh, they tell you, like everything between you and your professor. And if any conflict uh, happen, you should reach to us. But thank God so far, I didn't reach to them. And I told them I have conflict with any professor. All my professors, this is uh amazing to be honest uh they are very nice and you know i worked with them and all of them they gave me the opportunity and also i do my homework as well like i didn't stay belight, like late if you believe me or not i submit my assignment before i could say like most of the time before any student in the class well you worked very hard and i'm sure your professors appreciated it, that a lot so let's talk a little bit more about your early life. And um, we, we talked about the incident that changed your life. Um, so you lived in the Iraqi town of Hatra back when you were 15. Tell Correct. us about Hatra. Hatra, you know, like, uh, like it's a very uh, historical places, like, you know, known by the, uh, uh, what they call it, like for the history, uh, uh, like basically like many people come visit to this town uh, for the the historic they have like they have like looks like a city by itself it's just history nobody lived there just got like uh, security on it so you go see like how people uh, uh, left before like um, before us and it was good like you know um the only issue we have in Hatcher at that time, we don't have water that much. Like the water constantly stopped and coming in, stopped and coming in. So we must have a lot of tons to collect water when the water comes. Uh, I have friends. Um, this is where I got my injury. Uh, we was uh, playing um, volleyball or we play soccer with my friends. Uh, it's a beautiful in spring. Like you see everything grass, like, you know, everything green. Uh, it's a beautiful. Hey, you were like any teenage kid playing with your friends, and even before being a teenager, you lived in the small village town of Abunja on your family's oh. farm. Tell tell us about your farm, your family's farm. 
there. Yes, Avojna. Avojna is a beautiful village. And my daddy have farm, uh, have all kind of animals, like you name it. Uh, cows, uh, horses, camels, uh, you, you name it. Uh, as I could tell it, like missing uh, time in my life. Uh, it's a beautiful, like you woke up, you know, you hear the animals, you know, um, uh, you know your like you know uh, task what to do like you know you go to like in summer we don't go to school but you take the sheep to go shepherd them or you take the horses or you take the cows so each one divided by night by that like who will do who um, so it's amazing mm, very interesting farm did you grow any crops yes uh, we have, like, for example, tomatoes, cucumbers, uh, sunflower seeds, uh, 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 what else? Oh, uh, eggplant, um, uh, I said tomatoes, uh, onion, uh, garlic, all, all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm Italian, so I love onions, garlic, tomatoes, um, and eggplant. If it goes on <laughs> pasta, it's delicious <laughs> yes. on pasta. <laughs> And also, to be honest with you, it's very healthy too. We don't it use is any, one healthy any vegetable. Too, Can't so. argue with that. Um, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, we 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 talked a little bit about how you attend your classes and complete your homework points. Now, how do you navigate? How do you navigate around campus? Do you use a white cane? Do you have a folding cane? Or one of those telescoping ones? Uh, good question, um, Mr. Brian. Um, no, I use white cane because I felt the white cane, I used all of them, the one you mentioned, like telescoping, uh, folding cane, uh, and white cane. Uh, personally, I find the white cane is most the useful for me because it gave me like sensation, like uh, where I'm going and and I stick with it. So whatever I go right now, if I go to the gym, I go to with the friends, the white cane is my buddy, to be honest. Uh, uh, I take it wherever I go. You must work out a lot. Um, do you use the weight machines or bikes or? Everything. <laughs> use, Everything like, at the gym. Yes, cardio, um, like lifting weights and and also swimming, uh, go run. Um, and uh, I go run with your friends a lot. So that, That's fantastic. You must be pretty fit then. Yes, <laughs> it's my goal to keep it uh, like that. <laughs> All right. So back at uh, University of Texas, Texas at Austin, in the psychology department, there's one guardian angel who's guided you through each phase of the undergraduate psychology program, Jay Brown. You gotta tell us about Mr. Brown and how he helped you accomplish your educational goals. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Brown, um, so uh, to be honest, I don't know him before I get in, uh, but he's, he told me he knew me before, uh, through, because I'm a motivational speaker, uh, he told me he attended one of my events speaking uh, engagement. So <clears throat> after the orientation, uh, each school took her student, like uh, for example, psychology, they took their student uh social work or science or all departments so they put us in a room uh, the psychology majors and they divide us 
each like I don't know, like a 15 student or 20 student to one advisor. So my chance, my choice was Mr. Um, J. Brown was my my advisor. So after that, uh, we went to his office and we start talking. And then like this, is what he told me, he know me, but I I don't know him. So we talked, and then you know um, we talked about school and how it will work. And uh, every semester, we, I reach to him, and we meet, and we talk what next class I should take, um, like the for the degree plans, and uh, like uh, this class will be better for you. We manage it like two classes our division, two classes our division, so not to make it complex on me, like very hard. And also, I should mention that. Same thing with the School of Social Work. Uh, Ms. Jinan, as well, same thing. Uh, and Mr. Brian, uh, he introduced me to Ms. Jinan, the advisor at School of Social Work. Same thing, I meet with her uh, before each semester started. We choose our classes for the School of Social Work. Uh, very good relationship with both of them. And actually, I'm still touch base with them, and we mail each other. And yeah, uh, I consider them my friend, not as advisor and a student. This is how, how I, I felt uh, toward them. So how's COVID affected your education in the past year? And how have you coped with the changes? Oh, my God. COVID uh, affected me, stopped my trip to South Africa. I was supposed to do internship in South Africa. And I buy my ticket. I buy everything just to go. And COVID hit and must consult all my plan. Uh, this what this way affect me, uh, COVID. Uh, but beside that, uh, to be honest, uh, not much. Like, you know, I stayed home. Uh, um, also, I helped the community because, you know, beginning, everyone's scared from it. So me and my friend, one of the runner who she ran with me, we did videos like to encourage people at least go Take a walk. Don't don't interact with people. Don't be uh, closer to anyone. Just take a walk because people got uh, start to get depression, and people got a lot sad. Uh, so we was encouraging people to just go out, take a walk, and go back to her home. Uh, uh, affect me because I'm I consider myself an extrovert person. I like to be around people, and that will eliminate my to be with, around with people. And probably you know that, Mr. Brian, uh, like being in Zoom or whatever platform people use, not same when you will be around people sitting and drink coffee or tea. Uh, you know, this is, will be much different. Mm, yeah, and, in one, and, and of course, you know, coming very soon, we're going to be able to be with our friends again and do all the stuff that we really used to do before this whole pandemic started cross finger <laughs> so when you send emails to friends and family the end of your messages has one simple message in message that's in your signature i've seen this message but all of our listeners want to know what that message is yeah, it said I I did memorize it all of it because I wrote this when I like just finished my associate. It said do not uh, do not give up for your goals. Um, do not say I can't. Say not yet. 
So, because when you say I can't, so basically if I could describe it right, kind of you put yourself in a room and you throw the key from the window and no one can open it for you anymore. But if you say not yet, you have the key, but not yet to open the door to go out to shine to the people. So that, that means the purpose of uh, uh, if you have goal, do not say I can't say not yet. Uh, because not yet, still you are thinking about it. You still have some goals to achieve before you achieving the big goals. Um, and also to show other people like we are capable as people with disability. We are, we are not uh, burdened on people. We are capable to do things. So we should be who, you, who we are and we should other people respect us on, um, uh, and accept us as well. Hey, I love that message, man. What's next for your future? What next in the future? Yeah. Ah, this is good the question. <laughs> next in the future, uh, I told you like my goal is right now finishing education, uh, giving speeches. Uh, you know, I travel a lot around the world, um, so I'm looking forward as I'm looking for that as well to go back traveling. Um, and yeah, to help many people. And then, you know, I, I serve with many organizations at the University of Texas, for example, the, uh, the Texas Center of Disability Study. Uh, and uh, we do a lot of things and I'm also part with uh, other organizations. Uh, so trying to find ways to how, how to help people, to be honest, this is my main goals, because uh, uh, I could say, uh, Probably I'm allowed to say that. So the life, if you look on it, Mr. Brian, looks like we are on a train. So we don't know when you're stationed to get off. So this is how I look on the life. Some people don't like to help, or people do not want to reach out. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say, like, what what's your goal in this life? You know, if you don't want to help or reach out. So yeah, so I mentioned, like, you know, we are on a train. You don't know what time the driver or the will announce your, your station to get out and leave from this life. So we must do good things before we leave. Q say we admire your strength and wish you continued success in your education path and that you have a great life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. In my show archive, visit acbradio.org slash speaking-out-4-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at speaking-out-4-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, 
please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization. Topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line brought to you by Zeno Media. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream. Learn more about us at our website, www.acbradio.org. 